0: Internal Medicine Physician with
1: Hennepin Healthcare, with more Healthy Matters. And good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to this edition of Healthy Matters. We're around every Sunday in the 7.30, 8.30 hour, that's Central Time, and wherever you may be listening. And Dr. Dr. Hill, good morning to you. Your host is here. Good morning, Denny. And uh, a
2: little snow at your place, too, I would Just a little bit. It's how we roll. It's how we roll around here. The Mini Cooper got in okay. I know. You know, people know... People, uh, Thank you, listeners, for tuning in on Sunday mornings and hearing about my personal problems. But yeah. a lot of people know that I drive a car that has about a two-inch clearance, and there's three to four inches. But you of have snow tires. tires. I have snow tires. It was great. Makes Wouldn't live difference. anywhere else. All you people in Florida who are listening in Arizona right now, I know it's probably 80 degrees and sunny right now, and we have a zillion inches of snow here, but you know, who would live anywhere else?
1: Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> When Am I convincing
2: anybody? The phone's ringing now. Yeah. Phone. Yeah. Uh, what are we going to be doing today? You brought a, a repeat customer today. I did. We're going to talk about cardiology today. That's your heart. We're going to try to get into some specific issues of that because it's an awfully broad talk, uh, topic. We're going to talk a little bit about women's heart health today. Um, but men, don't tune out because um, I'm, you guys have hearts as well. And uh, we're going to talk about cardiology, um, some common issues around heart health, um, What some common Signs and symptoms of heart problems. What you might do about them. How you might prevent them. All of that good stuff. You're right. I do have a repeat guest. I have Dr. Michelle Carlson with us today. She was on about, I'm gonna say, a year ago. She's a cardiologist at Hennepin, and uh, practices in and what I consider to be just a fantastic group of cardiologists at our place. I'm gonna. I'm right off the bat. I'm gonna have her tell you about herself a little bit more. But I want to tell you that. Um, because I sometimes don't do this enough, I want to tell you how do you get in touch with seeing the guests I have on the show. Dr. Carlson practices both at our downtown clinic and specialty center. She practices in the hospital, but she also practices conveniently at our Richfield location at 66th and Lindale. Um, and so if you are out in the South Minneapolis, the Southern or the Western suburbs, that Richfield location is a great clinic. Um, Pretty new clinic in the um, right on the corner of 66 in Linden. So Dr. Carlson's there as well. Um, if you want to make an appointment, I'm going to say it now, and then I'll try to say it again later. Um, the number is easy. It's 612-873-MY-MD. Or if you like numbers better, it's 612-873-6963. And I will get um, to get you that um, again later. So, Michelle, thanks for being back on the show.
3: Thanks for having me back.
2: It's good to have you here. So I I was saying I'm going to let you tell me a little bit, tell listeners about yourself. Where'd you come from? How'd you land at Hennepin?
3: Well, um, I'm from Minnesota, and I did my uh, training at the University of Minnesota. Uh, That's where I got to do my first rotation at Hennepin, and that's where I fell in love with the hospital and especially the patients that come there. Isn't it great? It's pretty awesome.
2: Yeah. See, most people who practice with us – Say similar things like that, and, 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 I, and a lot of people don't quite realize that um, we have clinics all over the place, and we have a great hospital downtown, and we serve patients from all over Minnesota, from all walks of life. If you're listening to this show right now, we could be seeing you as well. And so it is a great place to practice. So you, why'd you go into cardiology? It's, it's like a lot of training.
3: It is. So when I started my internal medicine residency, I was pretty sure I was just going to do primary care. Mm-hmm. And then on my first rotation, happened to be cardiology, um, just was fascinated by the science of the heart and how it works together with other parts of the body. also got to work with a really amazing mentor, um, saw the way that he worked with patients, and both of those things together, you know, the mind, the body, the soul, all Mm -hmm. came together and um, just— became a passion That's for
2: super cool. So you joined our staff and you do a few things. Um, you do general cardiology. Um, you do inpatient work. You do a little bit with women's cardiology as well about what are some of the special uh, considerations with that. You do a little bit, if I'm right, and correct me if I'm wrong, with patients with cancer as well. Is that right?
3: That's right. It, we call it cardio-oncology. And what I see that as, my job is to support your heart while you're getting the chemotherapy that you need to treat your cancer and to support the heart afterward. There are some uh, chemotherapies that are really hard on the heart. And so uh, there's things that we can do to try and help minimize that risk.
2: I had a, a, a colleague um, who, who no longer, uh, I, won't, I won't say this person's name, but, but did have, um, was on one of the um, medications for her lymphoma and ended up with some significant heart problems. So there's definitely a relationship there. Is that common to see a cardiologist when you have when you're on chemo for your cancer?
3: I think it's becoming more common, especially with the certain types of cancer that involve these what we call cardiotoxic chemotherapies.
2: So that's a, um, an area of practice that uh, Dr. Carlson has some expertise as well. So we're going to welcome your calls and your texts. Um, everything's; uh, Those are already coming in um, now. But before we do all that, let's talk a little bit about heart disease in general. It is still, I think, the most common cause of problems and even death in our country. Is that right? And is it getting better?
3: <laughs> Great question. So number one cause of death for men and for women. So as you said, everyone has a heart. We should all be aware of that. Um, and I think just as important as being a cause of death, uh, it causes it, it can really affect your life. So if you have a heart attack and you don't die, how is that going to affect your health and your ability to continue functioning? Um, if you develop heart failure, how will that affect your ability to go on with your daily life? Um, so I do think that uh, overall the rate of heart disease is um is still not declining, and and so we've done a really good job. At we as, you know, a whole society addressing things like smoking. There are fewer people smoking, but we have a lot of other risk factors that are on the rise. Um, so yeah. it's a it's a battle that still needs to be fought
2: for men and women both. Now, when when what are the main reasons people's hearts? Um, have trouble. Is it mostly blocked arteries, coronary artery disease? Is it heart failure? Is it rhythm problems? Is it all of the above? What is it?
3: Yeah. So I would say in in the United States, blocked arteries is a, is a big thing, a very big thing. And blocked arteries can cause a heart attack. It can also cause your heart to be weaker over time and, and develop what we call heart failure. Um, rhythm problems, sometimes related to that, but there are other Unrelated rhythm problems things like atrial fibrillation uh, that are also very common as we get older
2: so we're going to talk a little bit about women's heart health today and i'd like to to do that now a lot of people think that women die of other things they have cancer they have which they do but uh, but that they have all these other problems and it's men that have the the heart attacks but Talk about women, particularly women. I, I think we're focusing mostly on postmenopausal women. We can talk about younger women as well, but for mostly, we're talking about postmenopausal women. Talk about heart disease in the in that group, yeah, which so, is uh, most people.
3: Exactly. So, so the number one cause of death for postmenopausal women is is heart health. It causes more more death than all the um, cancers combined. So, combined. Exactly. Mm. So, I think I think you're right. I think we do, uh, as a society, tend to think more about men having heart attacks and women ha- women having breast cancer, which which they do. But actually, more and more now, breast cancer is a survivable thing, and so you survive your breast cancer, and then you can have a heart attack mm-hmm. and die as a result of that.
2: I was having a. I, I teach some first year medical students at the medical school, and we were talking about risk calculators and all. And we went on to the. And, and listeners, you can do this as well. You can go to the American College of Cardiology Risk Calculator. You put in your 10-year risk for heart disease, and I had the students put me in, you know, like man. And then I had the, – you put in all these factors. You put in your cholesterol, your blood pressure, your age. Do you smoke? Are you diabetic? And it gives you your percentage chance of having heart problems in 10 years. And then I had them change one variable – And the one thing I had them change was, okay, make me a smoker. And, of course, my heart disease risk goes up. And then I said, make me female. And it went down a little bit at my age. So is it a function of aging? Is it a a function of um, hormones, of menopause? Why is it that women catch up and probably even surpass men in heart disease rates as they get older?
3: That's, Why? That's a great question, and if if I knew the answer, I'd be world famous, and I I wouldn't have to be practicing medicine <laughs> anymore. You wouldn't
2: have to be getting up you know, early in the morning and talking to us either, huh?
3: But but I think um, most most of us think that it is related to, to hormones. That uh, women's bodies make different hormones than men, and then when you go through menopause, the you stop making those hormones, and it as you said, it almost seems like the heart disease progresses very rapidly, almost trying to catch up with. It if catches up to men. Heart I, you know, my heart's doing. been
2: working on going bad since I was 25, but women seem to be stable in their childbearing years, right?
3: For For, for the, the most, most part. part, yeah. yeah. And um, the other thing that we can't really explain, um, so hormone replacement therapy doesn't decrease the risk. Doesn't help. Right? So it's not that I just can take the estrogen and progesterone that my body's producing when I turn 55 and keep my risk low. Nope, it doesn't work that way.
2: We used to think that maybe did work, didn't we? Yes. I, rem- I remember um, in medical school training, we were told just about when, when you have a woman, um, a patient of yours who's going through menopause, that's when you start hormone replacement therapy on all of them. Because we thought, and I want to say emphasize to listeners that 's what we thought we were wrong, um, but we put women on estrogen and progesterones to protect their heart, and it that didn 't really pan out. There might be some other reasons to take estrogens for some other reasons, but it's you don 't do that now just to protect your heart, so I guess that 's not it, huh
3: yeah, and I think actually you know the the pill form um the external form, not your native form, can increase your risk of heart disease. So let's be clear about that. Um, the, so if you do need to take it for other reasons, that's fine, but you want to talk about the risks and benefits. It can make the things
2: worse. Exactly. Yeah, it can very slightly increase your risk yeah. for heart it's problems. Small, it can very there. slightly increase your risk for breast cancer. But there are there are other reasons that some people take estrogens. But don't do it for your heart. That's my, that's message one. Absolutely. So we talked a little bit about heart attacks, and and is it true – that the symptoms of coronary artery disease and heart attack, um, which is one of the complications of coronary disease, is different. Are the symptoms different, or or, or what should women be looking out for, um, like that I that I might be having a problem?
3: Great question. So, you know, there's there are small older studies that s- seem to suggest there was a big difference in uh, symptoms, but I, I really think newer studies show that. The both genders, men and women, equally likely to have chest pain. Women are more likely to have other associated symptoms and more diffuse pain. For example, radiating to the back, the neck, the jaw, more likely to have lightheadedness, nausea, sweating. Just more symptoms in general, but similar levels of chest pain between the two genders. Is that the
2: hallmark symptom, right, chest pain? Correct. We're going to talk more about that after the break. Um, we'll delve into that a little bit more. We're talking with Dr. Michelle Carlson, a cardiologist. We're talking about your heart.
1: And it certainly will be uh, taking your phone calls and uh, text messages as well. Uh, 651-989-9226. We'll start lining up the calls. Uh, text us too at 81807. 16 degrees, a windy day, blowing snow, haze, uh, with uh, gusts possibly up to 50 miles an hour temps dropping throughout the day. Right now, though, on CCO 16. And welcome back to Healthy Matters. Among other things, we're talking about women's heart health. And if you have a question, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. I know, uh, Dr. Hilden, you want to uh, chat some more with your guest, but we do have a bunch of text messages as well.
2: Indeed, we do. We're going to get to those in a second and to your calls. I'm um, back to coronary artery disease, and we were talking about the symptoms of heart attack. And you said, Michelle, that people have chest pain kind of equally. Women often have some associated symptoms. Um, what ought people to do if you're having those symptoms right
3: now? If you think you're having a heart attack, you should call 911.
2: That's the message. Don't. I was hoping you'd say something like that. <laughs> don't like tough it out and don't exactly. drive to the. I can't tell you how many people like we see. They walked in. They drove in. They're having, they're having crushing chest pain.
3: And the longer you delay, the more damage that can be done to your heart muscle.
2: So that's the that's the, that's our second message from today's call. Nine one one if you think you're having those symptoms. What about? prevention. What is the latest? And then I'm going to get to a couple text messages because we already have, so, we have a lot, but we have um, a few that are about cholesterol. And I know that's one, but what are the things that people can do in their life that we know are, you can't prevent everything, but what to reduce your risks of having heart problems?
3: Great. So if you smoke, quit. That's the biggest one. If you smoke, quit smoking. If you chew tobacco, quit chewing tobacco. Is um, chewing
2: tobacco is bad too?
3: It's bad. Okay. It's worse for mouth cancer than for heart disease, but still bad.
2: Yep. Okay. Um, That's probably the number one modifier. I don't know if it's number one, but it's one of the top modifiable risk factors. It's going to make
3: the biggest change in your risk of heart attack and lots of other health problems as well. Um, Then the next thing that you can do without even going to see a doctor is exercise. Um, And the American Heart Association recommends about 150 minutes of moderate-intensity exercise, so like a brisk walk. 150 minutes in a week. If you're in a, a week, yeah. In a week. Not a day. Not a day, Denny.
2: You don't have to exercise for three oh, and a half hours was... a day.
3: Spread it over the week. If you have less time, you can do higher-intensity exercise for about 70 minutes. Um, so exercise is the next big piece of the puzzle. Diet, um, Diets that we know work to decrease the risk of heart disease, a vegetarian diet we know will be helpful, especially a vegetarian diet high in vegetables, not one that's high in like rice and potatoes, um, or a Mediterranean-style diet. We also know can decrease the risk of heart disease. There is
2: some decent evidence that those are actually helpful, not Correct. just some fad that was out there. Correct. I've said that a lot. I use the word plant-based diets are are better for you. I, I'm, you know, I don't exactly do that, um, but I try. Um, and
3: even if you just replace a couple of of Red meat meals a week with a vegetarian meal. That's going to, you know, every little bit helps. Uh, And then if you, I would say after that point, if you still have concerns, talk to your doctor about whether it would be appropriate for you to take an aspirin medication or a cholesterol medication. Um, The guidelines have have recently been uh, changed a little bit, I think, to try and make sure that people are getting pills that will actually help them instead of just being put on pills.
2: Let me say a little bit about the statins. You know, we've been doing this show. I've done over five hundred of these Healthy Matters shows over the now into our eleventh year. And I would say, I don't top three questions I've had over that decade is about statins and cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that 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 comes up. And we've evolved a little bit about who who ought to be taking them, but they're still really good for some for many people. Yes. Right?
3: They, there's really strong data that they do decrease your risk of heart attack and stroke and that they do it without causing a lot of side effects.
2: So can I read this text message on that line? It says this is from a, a listener. I take Pravastatin, and for listeners, that's one of, that's one of the statin cholesterol medicines. Now my triglyceride numbers are up slightly. Someone mentioned there's one pill to cover both. Are there side effects? Are they safe? Your thoughts.
3: So great question. Um, some of the pills that we... Uh, the, I think the pill that the person might be thinking about can lower the triglycerides, but there's no strong data that it decreases your risk of heart attack or stroke. So unless your triglyceride level is very, very high, I usually suggest a higher intensity statin than pravastatin to try and lower. That's kind
2: of, that's kind of a weaker one, right? It, it works, it but is. it's one of it, the lower potencies. It does potencies. Work, but it's
3: a lower potency. So there's, high, there's stronger medications that can lower both uh, triglycerides and your LDL and decrease your risk of heart disease. Um, again, talk to your doctor about what your actual numbers are before you uh, go Go say Dr. Carlson said. Yeah, she said to change yeah.
2: I tell that to listeners always. We give general advice about, uh, um, we can't say specifically to this text or go stop your medication. I would never tell anybody about that. But that sounds like sound advice to me. Now, the statins, a lot of people um, have come to know, and it's largely true, that the number we've been targeting – it's just a number, but is that LDL that bad? That bad cholesterol? I've talked about that a little on the show. What are triglycerides? I mean, what what the heck are they bad for you? I mean, you, we measure them in the bloodstream; they're part of your cholesterol panel.
3: So uh, the problem is we measure them, but. They, they change a lot with, with what you've eaten recently. So um, I often get a non-fasting lipid panel on my patients because the LDL isn't too much affected by what you've eaten. The triglycerides are, so be aware that if you recently ate a fatty meal, that's going to affect your triglyceride level. Um, there is some data that high triglycerides can affect your risk of heart disease uh, but it's it's one of those things where we take it on a case by case basis. We don't have the strong data that lowering triglycerides is going to decrease your risk of heart attack like we do for LDL.
2: We're talking to Dr. Michelle Carlson, a cardiologist at Hennepin Healthcare. We're focusing on your heart and particularly women's heart health. Um, uh, if you want to see Dr. Carlson, she practices in downtown Minneapolis at our Spiffy Clinic and Specialty Center, which is the Minnesota's most state-of-the-art medical center, and also at the Richfield Clinic at 66 in Lindale. To get a hold of her, it's at go to org, HennepinHealthcare.org, hennepinhealthcare.org, or 612-873-MYMD, 612-873-MYMD. 6963.
1: Very good. Just a reminder to our listeners, we have another half hour of the show to go, uh, so don't go away and call or stay on the line. If you want to call in 651-989-9226 or send a text and we'll pick up on those messages too. 81807. A windy day, CCO Temp at 16.
0: Internal Medicine Physician with
1: Hennepin Healthcare with more Healthy Matters. Hey good morning. Welcome back to Healthy Matters. Your host, Dr. David Hilden, brought another special guest with him and for those maybe joining us a little bit late, who did you bring with you?
2: today? Thank you, Danny. Good morning, everybody. I have Dr. Michelle Carlson in the studio with us today. We are talking about your heart um, this morning uh, or in the first half of the show, we kind of talked about a few topics about your symptoms of heart disease. We talked a little bit about preventive cardiology. Um, and a little bit about women's heart health. Why that that um, why uh, heart disease is of particular importance to women, particularly after menopause. So that's what we've done. Um, first, um, first of all, in case people are joining us, let me just reintroduce her. Dr. Michelle Carlson is a cardiologist at Hennepin Healthcare. Welcome back to the show, Michelle.
3: Thanks for having me, David.
2: So she's been here before, um, about a year ago. She's an expert in your heart, and she practices at our downtown um, Minneapolis location as well as our Richfield location. So if you are uh, in need of a cardiologist, Dr. Carlson um, can see you, as could uh, her um, partners in, in what I consider to be one of the best divisions of cardiology in the state. Um, she probably won't tout this, but um, that division was named, um, in my memory, a couple, a couple years ago as having among the highest patient satisfaction of any clinic in Minnesota, of any kind not just cardiology. So they got um, in the very top rankings of patient satisfaction, and I think that's due to a number of things. It's number one due to an incredible group of physicians, physician assistants, nurse practitioners, but um, Dr. Carlson and her colleagues. It's also a great staff. They're evidence-based. They're smart. They'll do the things that that we know are best for you. They're very, very patient-centered. So if you want to see a cardiologist at Hennepin, The number, again, is 612-873-MYMD. Or I do recommend you go to hennepinhealthcare.org. That's the main website. For the whole second half of the show, we're going to let listeners drive the show. And there are more topics that we're going to be able to cover. But we're going to kind of bounce around for whatever you want to talk about. So, Denny, could we go to the phones?
1: Let's do that. Claire in Grantsburg, Wisconsin is first up here. Claire, the doctors are listening. Hi. My name is Claire.
4: I'm a nurse. I'm 65 years old, and just recently lost about 50 pounds of weight intentionally. And among that, I, you know, I was I increased my exercise and that kind of thing. I and I got myself a Fitbit, watch, a smart watch, and I've been monitoring my pulse. Uh, I I dipped down really really low. My resting pulse rate from the get-go, even before I was fit, I I would say moderately fit right now. Um, I, well, I I stay in the low 40s for for resting. I can get up to 140 when I'm exercising, but um, I stay in the low 40s. And sometimes that, during sleep, I'll dip down to the high 30. Should I be
2: concerned? Claire, thank you for your call. Dr. Carlson.
3: Thanks for calling, Claire. Uh, So when it comes to heart rate, what we worry about most is symptoms. So if you're able to increase your heart rate during exercise and not feel lightheaded when you're trying to exercise, that's very reassuring to me. A low resting heart rate is of itself not an issue unless it causes you symptoms, which, you know, Talk more to your doctor, but from the brief um, couple minutes I heard, it doesn't sound like it's a problem for you.
1: Okay. Uh, Let's see who's next. Nancy's calling in from uh, Richfield, I believe. Nancy, you're on CCO. Good morning.
4: Oh, my gosh. She is so wonderful. I've been her doctor for about a year. And between her and Dr. Manji Asafeso at Richfield, I am in such wonderful care.
2: Nancy, thank you for calling. You see Dr. Carlson at our Richfield Clinic? I do. Yeah, well, so you can attest that. Uh, by the way, Dr. Um, uh, Manji's been on the show as well. So oh. you're in good hands. Well, that was nice. Unsolicited, as we say. Nancy, thank you for your call. Um, she's a patient at a Richfield clinic. And if you're, those of you who are saying, well, what's Richfield? Aren't you guys downtown? No, we have a clinic in Richfield. It's at 66 in Lindale. For those of you who might remember, it's right in that that area. It's right in that, that strip mall there. There's a pet food store, and there used to be a Champ's restaurant, but that Champ's restaurant didn't last. Uh, and it, what it became is the Hennepin Healthcare Clinic. It's a beautiful clinic um, right there in the heart of things. So if you're in the southern metro, if you're in south Minneapolis, Nancy, hey, thanks for your call. It's always nice to get a, a couple of kudos. You must do a good job, Michelle.
3: Well, I try. At least I tried for Nancy. Thanks for <laughs>
2: calling, Nancy. <laughs> That's neat. Uh, Bob is calling in. Thanks, Nancy.
1: Bob is calling in from New Hope. Bob, you're on CCO. Good morning. Uh, yes. I haven't heard
0: much about beta blockers lately. Could you tell me something about them?
3: Sure. So beta blockers can be used for blood pressure. They can be used to slow your heart rate if you have... A, a fast heart rhythm like atrial fibrillation, we don't usually use them as our first choice for blood pressure control anymore. Which might be why you're hearing less about them. There are other medications that are more effective and uh, can have fewer side effects. So, Bob, if you're on a beta blocker, your doctor probably has a good reason for it, but ask him or her and you can discuss it.
2: It is one of those meta; those are it's a class of medications, um, in, in, and that have so many different reasons people might be on them.
3: Exactly. Sometimes for a tremor, I talked about blood pressure. Sometimes if your heart muscle's weak, there's lots of different reasons.
2: Right. A lot of people are on beta blockers. Um, they are still good meds for the right for the right reasons, right?
3: And I put a lot of patients.
2: Oh, I'll up. bet you do. I'll bet you have loads of folks. i um, okay. All right, yes, let's Bob. take another
1: call, and then we'll grab some text messages. Uh, Joyce is calling from Hector, Minnesota. Joyce, you're on CCO. Hello. Hello, Joyce.
5: Hi. I'm a 72 year old woman. I have. Uh, Supraventricular tachycardia. I've had one ablation and it held it for about a year and then it didn't and it's back again and they have me on uh, 25 milligrams of uh, ateninol and that is not holding it and it also did not hold my blood pressures. So around uh, December of uh, 2018, they put me on a diuretic and uh, uh, I've had such severe Diarrhea from that. I'm skeptical about even taking that. And the atenolol has uh, caused a lot of weight gain. And I'm wondering if some of the newer uh, beta blockers like uh, Bistolic, uh, that you don't have as much trouble with these problems. I'd like her opinion on that. Uh,
3: thanks for calling Joyce. Um, you know, You're right. Different beta blockers have different side effects that that patients might tolerate better. I would say you should talk to your um, doctor about the side effects you've been having from both of your medications and about whether there is a better option for you Uh, because it does sound like you're uh, you're having some trouble. I'm sorry to hear that. What
2: What about beta blockers? She had an ablation for something and all that. What was that about?
3: So sometimes... When there's an abnormal heart rhythm, it's usually caused by electrical signal either coming from the wrong spot or cycling in the wrong spot, and we can use what's called an ablation. A little tiny wire goes in, does a micro burn, and can completely get rid of that uh, um, abnormal heart rhythm. As in Joyce's case, it doesn't always work.
2: Okie doke. I'm going to talk a little bit more about rhythm problems um, uh, since that's kind of the That's kind of where we are right now. Here's a texter. I'm going to the text line, and there are many, many dozens of texts here, so I'm going to pick some that seem relevant. This one says, I have atrial fibrillation. Is it okay to drink coffee? Is it safe to do snow shoveling? Here's somebody trying to get out a snow shovel. Here's somebody. This is somebody that I absolutely love. I I could have written this text because what I would like to be doing this morning is sitting at home reading the paper, drinking coffee, and not shoveling snow. Yeah,
3: I think think whoever you are, your partner needs to go do that snow shoveling for you. Totally. So, no, that's a great question. So everyone with atrial fibrillation is different. Some people are in atrial fibrillation all the time. For some people, it comes and goes. If you're one of those people where it comes and goes, it's good to know what your triggers are. Is coffee one of your triggers? Maybe you should cut back or even quit, which would be pretty hard for me. Um, Is snow shoveling one of your triggers? Um, Maybe you should ask someone else to do the snow shoveling. Yeah, Because it could. I mean, it it certainly could. I've certainly had patients go into AFib shoveling snow.
1: All right, I tell you what, let's uh, have a quick break here. We have more, more show to come. We'll take callers, we'll take textures here on Healthy Matters. In the Twin Cities, uh, blowing snow, haze, very windy conditions, and we expect to have those. We'll have that forecast coming up in a moment or two. But right now, CCO temperature is dropping during the day today, right now at 13. And welcome back to Healthy Matters. We have phone calls. We have text messages the rest of the way. Dr. Hilden, you want to tackle a couple of those? We're
2: going to do a lightning round of some text messages. Here's one that's just by somebody who's got a sense of humor, so I just have to say it. A texter says, my wife claims I don't have a heart. Who could I see for this?
3: Well, we don't do heart transplants at Hennepin,
2: unfortunately. (laughs) I love that. Um, but here's, here's another one. Um, it says, it's a little different topic. Can viral illnesses cause acquired cardiomyopathy? And then it says, what is a normal ejection fraction at age 70 or 80?
3: Great question. So first I'll address the normal ejection fraction. Uh, for any adult, uh, the, sque- the heart should squeeze out more than 50% of the blood every time it squeezes. That's what we call the ejection fraction. Um, can a viral illness cause a cardiomyopathy? It can. Uh, it's it's not something that every cold is going to cause your heart to have a problem, but in certain people, you can have heart failure or a weak heart muscle as a result of a viral illness.
2: Here's another text that says it's about the cancer connection. And, and the, the texter says, I've never heard of heart cancer, like cancer of the heart itself. Mm-hmm. Is there something about cancer mo- or cardiac muscle that's resistant to it?
3: That's a great question. So... The heart can have cancer. The most common cancer that we see in the heart is metastatic cancer from somewhere else, but there are also primary cancers of the heart. But you're right, they're very rare. And it may have something to do with the fact that the heart doesn't really regenerate itself. So maybe it has a lower risk of, of developing cancers.
2: This texter says I have an irregular pulse, seems to skip a beat off and on. Only has happened once in a while, once while I was in the doctor's office. Is that something that I should be worried about?
3: Uh, that's a question that's, that's hard for me to answer, but it could be that you're having uh, something as mild as extra heartbeats coming either from the top chamber or the bottom chamber that everyone experiences. You could have paroxysmal atrial fibrillation or another abnormal heart rhythm. It would be a good idea to talk more to your primary care doctor about that.
1: Okay. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, Frank is calling from St. Paul, I believe. Frank, you're on CCO. Good morning.
3: Um,
5: I've, I've had a stent placement about four years ago and I'm, I'm feeling fine, <clears throat> a regular
1: exerciser and sports player, but because I'm on a statin, I'm on a low dose five milligram simvastatin, And my numbers are really pretty good, except that it also took down my HDL from 51 to 39. And I'm,
5: I thought HDL was important to keep up. So I'm wondering what your comments would be on that. Uh,
3: great question, Frank. Um, that's, a, that's an incredibly low dose. I've never statin. heard of a dose
2: that low, yeah. of Simvastatin.
3: And, and, you know, we don't know everything that's going on with you, um, so I'm not going to make any judgment based on that. You know, uh, statin shouldn't lower your HDL. So something else is going on. I'm not sure what. You, when people want to raise their HDL, I recommend uh, exercise, and it sounds like you are an exerciser. If You can increase the uh, intensity of your exercise. That might help increase your HDL. Uh, I would definitely talk more to your doctor about
2: that. What about red wine? Oh, she's laughing at me.
3: (laughs) (laughs) She's looking at me with this look like, oh, do you really (laughs) ask that question? Really? So I, I tell my patients that a glass of red wine a day can increase your HDL. I don't usually tell people to start drinking if they don't already.
2: Good answer there. A couple other texts, um, just real quick in the last couple of minutes. Um, could you describe the chest pain related to a heart attack? Is it across the entire chest? Is it sharp? Is it un- uncomfortable pressure?
3: Yes. It, it, so, it, short answer, long answer. It can feel very different ways for very different uh, for different people. The mo- the most what we call classic is a crushing chest pain that starts kind of in the middle of your chest. Some people will say there's an elephant sitting on my chest. But I've seen people have all sorts of different chest pain with a heart attack.
2: And as uh, Dr. Carlson said in the first half of the show, if you're having these symptoms that feel like a heart attack, you call 911. You don't pass go. You don't stay at home. You don't walk. You don't drive to the hospital. You call 911. That's what it's for couple other quick ones here. Can, these are related. I'll read you two. Is there a procedure you can go in every year and have your arteries looked at to see if they're clogged or getting there? And also, can partial blockage of the arteries be reversed by diet or other methods?
3: Those are excellent questions. If you're uh, worried that you have clogged arteries but you don't have any symptoms of, of chest pain when you're exercising Um, and you're trying to decide, should I take an aspirin or a statin medication to decrease my risk, there's something called a calcium score where we do a quick CAT scan of the heart. It can look for calcium buildup that's a sign of plaque in your heart arteries. That can be really helpful in um, letting you know what you should do next for treatment uh, for prevention. Um, that is an out-of-pocket cost, about $140 at Hennepin Healthcare. Your insurance company, unfortunately, doesn't cover it at this point in time.
2: That was the second half of that. Texters, will it be covered that? Um, Thank you to Texters and to callers for your calls. I'm sorry we didn't get to them all. We tried to do our best in the second half of the show. We're running out of time. Dr. Michelle Carlson has been with us. She's a cardiologist at Hennepin. Thanks for being back on the show, Michelle.
3: Thanks for having me.
2: We'll have you back in the future shows. If you want to see a doctor, if you want to see Dr. Carlson in the cardiology clinic, she's downtown Minneapolis. She's also at Richfield at 66 in Lindale. That is an awesome clinic that might be more convenient to you. The downtown clinic has convenient underground parking as well. The number, 612-873-6963 or hennepinhealthcare.org. Next week on
1: the show, what are we going to be doing?
2: I think we're going to do an open line show. I think you're right. Yeah, Shall so we do that? Let's do that. Get your
1: general health questions ready for next Sunday morning here on CCO. Blowing snow out there. Our current CCO temperature reading at 13 degrees.
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one,
0: they're listening to audio.